the quality of the input is equal or greater to the quality of the output. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. That's why we have serial dates, where we discuss our experiences and grow as a bilingual family. Let's get cereal, cereal. I wanna get cereal. Let's get cereal. <laughs> no? Hi, welcome back to Cereal Dates. Bienvenidos. So I'm flying solo today, but I wanted to really talk about input and the importance of the quality of the input that we receive. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm going to cover it in two different ends, like one just emotionally and in terms of how it affects um, the way that we carry on our lives. And then also in terms of second language acquisition. But before um, I do that, let's do our parenting moment. So parenting moment for Mateo, our three and a half year old. He has really been into cheerleading because one of his cousins is a cheerleader, like a competitive, or she, she does competitions and stuff. And he went and watched her once and immediately <laughs> fell in love with cheerleading. So he went to gymnastics for the first time yesterday. And it was really fun to see him um, just interacting with other children outside of the classroom. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, I am Mateo's teacher, a preschool teacher at Bilingual Family, and uh, obviously his mom. <laughs> so it was just good to see him. And even though I wasn't the one taking him to class, but John kind of recorded the entire class. Um, it was fun to see how he interacted with the teacher and with other children and also just how into it he was. Uh, I guess that's his, that's his moment, parenting moment. Um, I also, in terms of uh, second language acquisition, bilingualism in general, <clears throat> it's always really fun to see him interact in the tar the, or, I'm sorry, the majority language, which in this case is English, because although I obviously <laughs> selfishly want him to be more dominant in Spanish as long as I can do it, um, he just carried on like nothing, you know, just like any other child, no problem um, interacting in English and understanding everything. And um, we weren't, parents aren't allowed in the gym. So there was no, you know, looking to mom or looking to dad to help translate or anything. He just, he carried on completely on his own and was able to interact with everybody perfectly. So that was, that was cool to see. Um, although I think for those of us raising bilingual children, there's always that fear of like English taking over. But at the same time, that is what bilingualism is, is knowing and understanding two languages. So if I want to raise bilingual children, obviously, um, he's going to have to use English as well. <laughs> so that's um, Mateo's parenting moment. For Elias, who is Elias, I don't know why I said Elias, 
for Elias, who is one and a half, um, it's really interesting. And I think it ties into this, the topic of this episode of input of the quality and the importance of input because he's 18 months or almost 19 months. Um, actually he's 19 months. Yes. (laughs) He has, he spends a lot of his day with John. Like when Mateo and I go to preschool, he stays at home with John. And although John really, I mean, he really tries to speak as much English as possible. His main, I mean, his native language is English and he's much more comfortable speaking in English. And so even though he really tries hard to implement as much Spanish as possible into our daily routines, he's going to speak a lot more English to Elias than, you know, I would. Like, I don't speak any English to Elias. And I'm noticing a really a really stark difference. Did you say stark difference? A really big difference <laughs> um, between Mateo and Elias because when Mateo was a baby, he, he did, it was the same thing. Like I would go to work, John would stay with him during school. But when COVID happened, Mateo was all like 17, 16 months. And so from that time, 16 months until, uh, he was almost three years old, I was at home the entire time with him. And so he received so much more Spanish input and quality Spanish input from me, um, you know, the native speaker. And uh, we're really noticing the difference um, with between Elias and Mateo. There are a lot of words that Elias will naturally go to in English. He understands everything that I say to him in Spanish, but the biggest difference is that Mateo, when he first started producing language in general, it was all in Spanish. And he would only switch to English when there was a monolingual person here, English speaker. So if like Nona was here, then he would use the English word to, you know, make himself understood. Like an outside, uh, an example is outside. He would always say afuera, afuera, and quiero ir afuera, and full sentences <laughs> by this point. Um, but when Nono or Gigi or any of his monolingual grandparents were around, he would say outside. He would say the word outside, and he wouldn't say a full sentence in English. He would just say the English word. Well, Elias only says outside. <laughs> um, I mean, if we if we really say Oh, quieres ir afuera? He'll say, see, sí, outside. <laughs> or please is another one that he always says, please, in English. He'll say a lot of other words in Spanish, um, you know, naturally, I think more in Spanish than in English. But I can definitely see the difference in the input that he has received. So all that brings us to input and what it is and why it's so important. So, I mean, as the, as the word implies, input is what you put in. So what we put into our brains in terms of language. But before we get into the language part of it, 
I want to cover something that just a quick um, story that I heard that was so powerful. And I think in today's day and age and, you know, how we have access to so much information, everything that everything that we could possibly want to know, it's at our fingertips. Um, this is especially important today, you know, and um, it's the quality of the input that you receive in general, not in terms of language. The story I'm going to tell is from Dr. Paul from a YouTube channel called Live on Purpose. And he was speaking to this audience, right? And he separated the audience into three sections. And he showed each section a different set of words. So the first group of people, he showed the words banana, apple, and pear. The second, and these, I'm not sure if these are the exact words, but they, they get the point across. The second group of people, he showed mountain, climbing, um, outside. And the third group of people, he showed sex, angry, and violence. And so then um, he showed everybody um, these, this kind of a puzzle or words. So it was R space P E. And so he asked what letter is missing. So it was R then space. There was a blank P E. So the first group said, it's an I, that's what's missing. It's ripe, obviously. And the other two groups were like, oh, okay. Then the second group, um, what letter is missing? And they said, oh, it's rope. And then the last group, they said, what's missing? And they said, A is rape. And that just shows you, it's not that the last group, you know, had some, a different mindset or a different upbringing or anything like that. It's simply that the quality of the input, what was, what they received influence what came out. And that is so powerful. I mean, all those things that we're feeding our brain um, through social media, through the news, through just the access that we have to information influence and affect the way we communicate into the world or what we communicate out into the world. And especially the way that we communicate with our children. And as we always talk about, second language acquisition is all about relationships. So it's really important for us to monitor what our input is so that it's not filling us with negativity that inevitably, you know, subconsciously will come out in our interactions with others and with our children. So that's just the first um, example, I guess, of input that I wanted to share with you today, because it is kind of the foundation of second language acquisition, you know, our relationships and our interactions with our children kind of set up the foundation for um, acquiring a second language. So moving on to language acquisition and input in that sense. 
the quality of the input is so important. And I've heard so many people suggest like just watch Netflix in Spanish or just listen to music in Spanish or the target language. And the problem with that is that well, maybe it might be quality input in that you're interested in it, but if you if it's so far beyond your comprehension, you're not going to be able to get the most out of it. And a lot of the times, especially if you're a beginner, TV shows and music is going to be well above your level of comprehension. And so um, that's why we have such a great opportunity with our children to use um, Spanish during our routines, our everyday, real, meaningful interactions, because it's these interactions that helped us develop or acquire our first language. It's those interactions, those daily tasks and routines that have helped the entire world acquire their first language. <laughs> and so the acquisition of the second language is not that different. And the cool thing about routines and just our interactions, our everyday life is that it, it connects relationships, which kind of connects the first um, part of this podcast that I was talking about in terms of um, what we put out and, you know, the quality of the relationships based on how we are, the energy that we're bringing into the world. So they just kind of, they are together in a sense. Um, but going back to second language acquisition, some ways that you can provide quality input is like we just talked about routines, real meaningful interactions in the target language, and also through stories. And this doesn't only have to be with through books, but telling your own story and any chance that you have to share something that you did as a child uh, with your child or, or something that happened to you or an experience that connects your childhood to something they are either struggling with or something they're interested in right now is a great opportunity to do a little bit of storytelling. And we know that storytelling is so powerful because that is how we have passed language down for generations, century, millennia. And so use those, use those stories, those relationships um, to um, provide quality input. So going along with stories, obviously books are so powerful. I am often impressed and just in complete um, disbelief, I guess, <laughs> of of Mateo's vocabulary at three and a half years old and sometimes I ask him like where where did you learn that word <laughs> and he'll tell me it's from a book so even though we we do have a great opportunity through our interactions during our daily routines there are there's a lot of vocabulary that just doesn't happen in our everyday communication but if it comes, if it comes into your child's brain through a powerful story or a really um, compelling story, 
it's a lot easier for their brain to acquire that word and keep it and store it and then be able to produce it. In terms of input quality, it's all about the quality of the input because you could have a child, like you could be constantly speaking in Spanish around your child, not with them, but around them and everybody around them speaks in Spanish and the TV is in Spanish and there's Spanish music playing, but there isn't that quality interaction, one-on-one interaction and relationship to the language and to the person speaking that language. And And then that's when we have passive bilinguals, children who maybe understand a lot, but are not able to produce in that target language. Another way to provide quality input, and it's something that I just see so often, it's it's really sad uh, to see, is native speaker, native speaking grandparents who are speaking to their grandchildren in English. Um, you have such a gift to give to your grandchildren and it's, it's just a great opportunity to connect in a deeper level, um, to the language. I remember my dad, um, when Mateo was very young, it's like he almost, I don't know. It's like he assumed like, because he was born here that he should speak to him in English And my dad's English is not great at all. And he was trying to speak to him in English. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) He speaks Spanish. He understands Spanish. And now they just have the most wonderful conversations. They, they love playing together. And it's, it's a great way for, for them to really connect because often, especially like in my case, my parents were born in Colombia. I was born in Colombia. So for them to change their language to connect with their grandkids, it makes it very difficult to truly connect to their heart and their soul. So please, if you have the gift of grandparents, uncles, aunts, friends, anybody who is a native speaker, please ask them, beg them to speak to your children in the native language in their native language, you know. So there you have it. Input is so important. And I just recently learned a new way in which it is important, thanks to Dr. Paul. But it is connected. Everything kind of is connected. So the input that just the general information that we gather from the world affects how we interact with our children and with our family Um, which in turn affects the language input because, as we know, second language acquisition is all about relationships. All right, well, there you have it. Um, I will spare you the dad joke because dad's not here. (laughs) I know everybody's so sad. Um, But we will see you next time. If you have a minute or two, We ask you to please give us a rating and a review. It really helps us and it helps other bilingual families find us. And our goal is to create a community of bilingual families. And this is the best way that you can help us do just that. So please 
please give us a rating and a review. It means the world to us. Thank you so much and have a great evening. Adios. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. Our program makes it possible by providing a fun, easy-to-use guide for parents. This guide will teach you how and when to use Spanish at home in order to make the most of your time together as a family. We provide you with everything you need to know about raising bilingual children, including storytime videos, songs, activities, and more. All of our content is designed specifically for families and will help you speak Spanish with your child from birth through age six, all while having fun. Head over to bilingualfamily.us and click on Español Juntos to get started. Con amor, Daniela.